Welcome back, my loves. Before we get to the podcast, I have an announcement. I'm very excited to share with you that my Wake Up With Nikki Confidence Series is ready. If you know you have potential to make a bigger impact, but you're holding yourself back, you know you're playing small, you don't share your message, you create content, you don't post it, you're dying to get up on stage, but you won't do it. You won't even raise your hand in a meeting to share your opinion sometimes. If you worry about what other people are thinking and you hold yourself back from speaking your truth, then this series is a must because the world absolutely needs you and you need you to shine your brightest and speak your truth and share your message. You're here to make a difference. And the only way to do that is to be bold and brave and vulnerable and authentic. The world needs you, your unique gifts. You are one of a kind. And that's what this program will teach you is how to celebrate that unique greatness and then align it with your vision and who you need to be to get there. It's an incredibly powerful program. I share with you all of my favorite, most effective tools so that you can become the most resilient version of yourself. Nothing will phase you. You ride life's waves with grace and ease. And you'll make decisions with more trust and conviction. You'll actually learn how to get guidance so you can get unstuck. You can tune in. Your body is a tuning fork and you've got spirit angels guiding you. So you're going to learn how to ask and receive support. It's really fun and it creates so much ease and flow. If this all sounds juicy for you... Go to wakeupwithnikki.com and sign up right away. This will change your life. I'm so excited. You can also book a call with me. On the top right corner, you'll see a book a call option. So I'm here to answer questions for you. I'm on this journey with you. I'm so excited to share all that I've learned with you. So wakeupwithnikki.com and here we go. We'll start the podcast. What's your title? What do you go by? Grace Harry. <laughs> Grace, Gracie, if you've known me over 20 years. Um, I'm an artist, and mm. joy is my medium. Joy. Yes. And in wow. all the ways, that's very bespoke. That means something very intimate and unique for each person. And I, I think of myself as a joy tickler. Huh? You know, it's like I love everyone. I love everyone doing their own thing. I find everyone fascinating. But when people I love in any way, when I look in their eyes and I see there's no joy, I go in. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. What do you go in for? To figure out how to get it back out. Where to go? Let's yeah. help you figure out where it went. And yeah. so I just figure that out and help you figure that out. And together we source it and figure out the tools around it. And, you know, it's a secondly practice. That's what people don't understand. Accessing joy is not like a hunger practice where multiple times a day, but you can live without it. We have not been taught about joy being as essential as breath or, you know, food or exercise, but we've also lived in a very long patriarchal Piscean age, which is really about toil. And now as we're an Aquarian, the survival of the fittest is going to be, how do you access joy? How do you evolve into your authentic self? And how do you take that into a higher consciousness that actually instigates that for everyone else around you? Welcome, my loves. Welcome to Gracie. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to her. We met, and right away, it was one of those, like, 
who are you? Exactly. Who, what, what's, what's, I don't know anything about you. And instantly I'm like, you're in my inner circle. Like, I trust you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and we never got a chance to sit down. So this is actually our first sit down together. It's true. It's our first. We tried to have lunch a few times, but now this is our first kind of communing. I love it. Yeah. What yeah. a blessing and an honor. Um, so how are you an artist? What is your artistry? You know, it's funny because <clears throat> I've, I have been an artist supporter for pretty much my whole life, professionally, personally, in all these ways. And it wasn't until I was emerging from a last long-term relationship that I didn't feel very joyful. Mm. And um, being someone aware enough to know that no one can do anything to you, I realized, oh, I have to get on the search for this. Like, where did it go? It used to be there. And when I really dove into it, it's not that black and white. You know, it's very bespoke, and, and the way it really evolved for me was leaning into, when was I joyful last? When was the last time I laughed so hard that something flew out of my nose? <laughs> when was the last time that I told someone, stop, you're hurting my stomach in my cheeks? You know, when's the last mm. time I felt that alone? And so that journey was so, it was such a giant kitchen soup that it really requires each person to feel that for themselves. You know, the, the concept is joy sorting. How do you, you know, we, we're so good, especially now, it cracks me up. Everyone knows their stuff. Everyone's triggered. But triggered, <laughs> like hungered, makes no sense. Triggered is a you're welcome because it means that you've accessed some more information and some more ways to grow. And so that concept is something that I've really been leaning into. So instead of, you know, I'm dreaming of this big experience, this is a very popular one. I want all these things. Then these things start to present and we fucking kill them. Right. We, we try our best to like kill it because that little person we created to survive in whatever situation we came in worked hard to build that character. And so when you start to lean into this new big life, it's, oh, no. Or the 12 steps say, I love um, your old life doesn't want to go into memory. Oh, and it's true because it, it's the brain and ego are involved in that. And they really feel like they've done a good job. And, and the heart is crazy, right? Last time we followed heart, we got into all kinds of goofy trouble. <laughs> and often the first time is pre-verbal. So it feels big. It feels like that the school you went to that was massive and you go visit it and it's tiny. So it's joy sorting. How do we all day lean into, okay, I feel shitty. Oh, but you know what? I'm so grateful for this. Oh, that feels good. Oh, I'm going to go that way. And let that be your GPS. Then mm. that's really the, the practice that's been working for me and what I've been really torturing my friends with. <laughs> Lucky friends. I think so. I think so. <laughs> okay, so you have how many children? I have three. Well, I have two children that I actually pushed out of my body. Okay. But I have five kids because I've been blessed to have babies enter my life through partners. And why would you ever get rid of those? Like those. So I have five, and they're freaking fascinating and they've taught me so much about myself and what well just think about this yeah. the most important job in the universe is making a human whether you choose to do it or not that's not a judgment i have a lot of amazing friends who've built and created and birthed many things we're all creators right. but if you choose to go down that path that's a big deal yeah you're making a person that could impact this planet really amazingly or ugh. so <laughs> but what's the interesting about that is that we're all amateurs. Mm. We, there's no way to even get experience the first time. Mm -hmm. So I started to lean into that. Is that a joke of the universe? Or does that mean that really rebirths are when you have a new invitation to strip off the things that you don't need? And you know, if I was building the planet over, 
I would literally have people under six make all the rules. If people had problems, they'd have to find one and consult with them. We'd have to lean into whatever their decision was about how we had to deal with that. Is it a pillow fight? Do we have to color it? Is it a color (laughs) battle? Is it a dance battle? Because there's just so much more fullness in how people under six see each other. Interesting. You know, and one of my, I love studying philosophy and all the education philosophy in this country is based on three different principles. And the first one, that Horace Mann philosophy, is built on being memorizing factory equipment. And that's what our public schools are based on. Our primary schools are based on that. Whereas a Rudolf Steiner philosophy, which is the Waldorf schools, his philosophy says that anyone under seven has no analytical mind. So if you really get the fuck out of their way and lean into the the balance of largesse and humility, well, there you go. So that's that's really... That's really, to me, that says it all. Largesse and humility. I know, I make up a lot of words. I love it. Brilliant. I don't know if I made that up, but you know, <laughs> there's a largeness yeah. that is promoted very heavily in this country. And to me, largeness is important. But largeness, in my perspective, is not, I have the most money. I have the biggest house. I have the, the most, attra- whatever the trappings are. Really, how large can you be where you're filling yourself up like a balloon full of happiness and joy and pleasure? And these are very scary words for us because we've been really taught, especially depending on what religion you're in. If you came here as an immigrant, you know, if you came, if you're a um, black African slave descent, mm. there is a, so much around not having pleasure. There's so much that's the, the Christian concept, and I'm not against any religion. I am. I have a difficulty with anything that has a sweet root of a philosophical concept of love, which I believe all spiritual faiths and all religion have, that then becomes bastardized with a business. Hmm. And that's not even a judgment. That's just all businesses evolve. There's needs that happen in the, the coexisting of this company or this, this, this business or this mission or whatever that doesn't always continue in a way of how does this impact everyone's heart? Even if that was original intention, we often see those get co-opted. And so that gets complicated. But how do you live large, in my perspective? That you make a negative space calendar. You start every day with, okay, how do I put, start with joy? And then work. How do I, and even if that's a minute, even if you could tell yourself a joke, even if you want to lay in bed and you want to come up with six thank yous, just how do you infuse joy before you're on someone else's ride? You're looking at your phone, you're in their job, you're in traffic, you're all the way, already in someone else's experience. Before you turn the phone on, that's key. My, one person on my podcast said he jiggles his butt and he dances while he brushes his teeth. But that's exactly, <laughs> yes, thank you, him. Thank so you great. to you. Because that's exactly it. Whatever yeah. is going to, you know, some people can access it. And I say, is there a time in your life you ever done something so fun that maybe you don't even want people to know about? But there's a song that goes with that. Play that when you wake up in the morning. Mm. Anything that's going to remind you of the inside. Yeah. Even if you don't want people to know it, if it's in your eyes, that's enough. Mm. So, yeah. You're really beautiful. Yeah. Largeness and what was the other one? Largeness and humility. Those together, what a gorgeous human. If that's what you carry, I want to be as large and delicious and juicy as I possibly can and inspire that in my contact with everyone but have extreme humility and integrity about that, mm. which means that my intentions can only be great. You know, they only are going to land in your heart because the intentions have so much humility and integrity in them. Define but, humility to me. 
I really believe in bragging. I feel especially <laughs> as, as, as female-leaning humans, that's not something that we've been taught is important. Yeah. But yet we often, I have so many incredible female-defining humans in my life that are insanely incredible, yeah. and they can't see it. Wow. They don't access it, and they can't feel it. It's not in their day-to-day. So I really work with my brag. Like, I, I stop people in the street. You look amazing. I love that thing. How are you? Well, are you riding your bike? I just feel like that's such a beautiful experience. But there's also a different kind, which is um, one-upping yourself or using other people to feel bigger. Um, and that's what I mean by humility. More, how do you turn your own self on so much? It has nothing to do with anyone else, and therefore... That's a very pure. That's a very pure energy. Versus, I want you to know I'm big. <laughs> right. I need you to exactly. feel I have stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm not judging that. It's just not my most enjoyable way. Yeah. When it comes with putting someone else down or you're above, when there's levels involved, I think is when there's a ch- there's an issue. Uh, but when there's just a celebration and an acknowledgement of mm. our greatness, we need to do that way more. Exactly. And we, uh, I advocate that on, uh, I have these tracks that I now released uh, where first thing in the morning you get a voice memo from me. And one of the assignments is to acknowledge someone in your life every day. And on my phone, I have, you know, your list of favorites. I have probably 20 people on there that I want to keep in contact with. You're on there. That's why I keep bugging you. I love I'm it. like, you're Thank hanging you. out with me at some Thank point. Because <laughs> when I meet someone that I know is just like, there's magnificence about them. And we, we just, we resonate. There's a frequency, right? There's like a connection. I put them in that list and I, and I make an effort to have them as part of my inner world. Yes. And sometimes in the beginning, it takes repeated effort, you know, until you're in. And then they're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, I want you in my world too. Right? Well, that's beautiful. And yeah. People don't get it because, I as I said, not everyone sees themselves and what's behind that non-deserving. Mm. Yeah. And then so my point of that whole story is that whenever I have an extra couple minutes, I'm walking to the coffee shop or whatever, I'll go through and I'll text someone and be like, hey, I just want to remind you, you're fabulous. <laughs> and I love gift. you. I love exactly how you are and who you are. Thank you for being you. And it's like, it takes me 10 seconds. And it changes people's whole day. Yeah. And then it has a ripple effect. That's right. On everyone else they encounter that day. That's right. Yeah. We're way more powerful than we realize. That's right. And, and, and our energy is more powerful when we lend it in really beautiful ways. Lend it. That's what it is. It's a lend. You know, let me, let me, I want to gift you this experience of how you're, what I, I walked down the street, Samantha thinks it's mm. hilarious. We were at Bernie Man and I'm like, oh, I love your, I like your bike. How are you? I just feel like it's just <laughs> because they gave me joy in that moment. Right. You know, I see a child or an animal or it's a, it gave me joy for a second, so I want to I want to give it back or let yeah. them know it gave me joy, and I, I feel like that's what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing to give your love. Yeah, it I mean that's what we're supposed good. to do. Yeah, that's the point of it. That is what we're supposed to do. I was raised Quaker. Quaker. And we were taught all these songs, and so I went to Song Circle recently, and everyone was singing all these you know Pachamama songs, and I said, "Can I sing my Magic Penny song?" And the premise of the song is that. Money and love are two things that when we hold them tight, they don't grow. But when we lend them and we spend them and we give them of our heart, they just become abundant in every way. Beautiful. Yeah. There's a fine line there. So talk to the person that's like, yeah, I, I've blown through all my money. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Thank you. So that back to the non-deserving. We feel it's safe to give that love and give that money because that means we're good people. 
You know, and a lot of religions or families or well-meaning adults in our lives have taught us that our whole lives. You know, what does it mean to be a good person when you are in service and you, you give freely? But if we're truly having self-care, and I do that because so many words get co-opted mm. and they have different meanings, but what is self-care? It means that you literally treat yourself every second of every day the way you would a lover mm. or your child a boss, whatever motivates you to actually give it all. Whoever you give it all to, do you start with you? Do you put your own mask on in the airplane? So if, if you're filled up with love and joy, then you have so much abundance to give. But you've, you've already, you've taken your money and you've taken your love and you've taken your joy, your, your, all your things, and you've made a, 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 spa- a budget for yourself of all those things. Let's see, for me to be as amazingly happy and generous and free of heart as I know I can be. I need this much love and this much resources and this so that you can be that, so that you're not stressed yourself. I have a a good friend who is just, I mean, epic. She's one of these people. You talk to her, within minutes you're just relaxed and (laughs) just feeling sexier. She's one of those. But she's always under-resourced. And I Mm -hmm. said, so how often do you start your day with just sexing up on yourself? Like, how often do you spend your day realizing, I am, oh, think about this, queens, like people like to talk about goddesses and queens. What do they spend their day doing? They, wow. they bathe in milk and honey and they, because they're, they're, the chief on, uh, they're the chief energy officers of their own lives. And they know that actually being in the best energetic state, that could change a, from a war not happening hmm. or countries aligning. But, but if we lived in that ourselves and we knew that our job is to be as juicy as possible in every way, then we would take what we needed for ourselves first. We would make sure that like a squirrel, we'd stack all our nuts up. And then we know we have 20 to give. We have seven to offer out. You know what I'm saying? I love you. I love you so much. So um, how do you nourish yourself? What are some of your nourishing practices? You know, it changes all the time. I actually just wrote a book. And I just delivered it. It's a a book, Anscape Disney. I'm so proud of the whole practice. But it was amazing that when it started to come to fruition, I started to sabotage the shit out of that. Oh. And so I had to really change that. And so during the pandemic, my practices were, I had a lot more. I'd start in the morning, I would chant. And I, I start every day with yoga because I need to just get the kinks out for myself. And it's funny even how some days I'm dragging myself there, even though I know that's magic, just a whole, we all are. I negotiate. Babe, you're not getting a matcha if you don't get on the mat. Like, I literally have to, I deal with myself like a toddler. <laughs> no mat, no matcha. <laughs> right? Like, I had to, because it's so easy for me to just, you know, sabotage my own morning, because that's how we're trained, and that's how I'm trained. So, right now, it's a comedy. I have my trampoline up there. I built a 30-minute uh, playlist of songs that are ridiculous. And I get on my trampoline. I time it 30 minutes. And I dance like a maniac and don't care who's looking, whatever the dance is. And I jump off that and I feel like I could take over the world. Mm. It just moves my body. I sweat. I feel great. Um, I made a playlist when it was really cold here because I didn't anticipate that it was going to be so cold here. And that makes me very grumpy in the mornings when I wake up and it's freezing. Um, so I started doing a, a, a morning bath instead of my nighttime bath. Oh. And I would sing some songs in there and I would do different things. So it really, it changes all the time. Yeah. Now that it's warm, I come out here, drink my matcha and I talk to the birds. Beautiful. So, you know, it's really what I feel like I need in that day. I had a, I was, I had lost a really good friend uh, last week. I've known since I was a teenager. 
And someone that I was my most creative self when they were their most creative self and changed the world with their music. And um, it broke my heart in so many strange places. It, it, it brought all these things to the surface in terms of a, a, a timeline to the end that I, I really don't usually look at. I feel like I'm 11 inside. So I was walking around New York just crying. It was, I'm not a big crier in that way. I mean, I really appreciate love crying, but it's not my first instinct. And um, so I went to my daughter's house. And just we played games. And I asked my niece Jasmine to come over and hang out with me and just got as silly and goofy as I possibly could. And I started watching comedies, like old comedies, and just laughing. And then I I just started making a playlist of jokes and songs. So it really is different with what I need at different times. Yeah. Mm, So beautiful. What's an overarching lesson you've learned in life? I am a recovering fear of rejection. I people pleaser. Wow. This is what that I'm is recovering. Not the version of you now. N- no. Well, the that v- I see. Well, thank you. Well, what's interesting is that my mom was a teenager when she had me. So I learned very, she had a, a business when I was six. So I laugh at my friends that she taught me immediately to answer the phone. It could be 3 a.m. A-OK process serving. Like I had no. to, so I've literally <laughs> built a life that I just was professional and huh. ready for anything because I wanted to be, I wanted to be loved. I didn't want to be a burden. You know, I grew up where you had very little stuff. And so I always felt embarrassing in the world. Um, So it took me a long time to shed that and start to just get back in touch with what I needed and what I feel. And just in the way you learn things, you learn math in kindergarten and you learn math in college. I think this, this emotional intelligence, it presents different equations all the time to keep expanding on those same lessons. Um, So my big lesson is really to give to me first. You know, I will walk around with nothing, no food, no clothes, nowhere to live, because I gave it to you. And I love that, really, is my love language. It took me a long time. I had a life coach who really showed me, you don't have to end that behavior, because that is my love. I just love it. Like, it makes me so excited to see someone's eyes light up in a million ways. But how do I really make sure that I'm good first? You know, how do I really make sure that what I need is there first and... um, how confusing that has gotten as the stakes have gotten higher for myself. It's easier, it was easier as a mother, as a wife, as a partner, as a boss, as an employee, as a sister, as a, I could see how to work with those roles, but to wake up and release the negative tapes of the luxury that I need in my life, whatever that is, you know, I need very fancy crackers, whatever. (laughs) Not to have the little tapes rolling of judging myself and feeling bad about that or what kind of human am I? That's really the work for me. What kind of work did you do to get that out? Uh, it started with really just a negative space calendar. Okay, um, instead of waking up and looking at my phone and doing the project and making sure everyone gets what they needs from gets what they need from me, I wake up and until I have everything I need, there's no grace. There's no outside offering of grace. It has to start here, uh, and that that's hard. It, life happens. People have problems and situations, and I really New Year's. I gave, I, okay, this is my favorite. So I, I, I love to make sure that my partners and my friends have everything they need. And it was October of last year, and I thought, I really don't want to start New Year's drinking, partying. And that's not never been a big thing of mine, but I don't want to. I really want to come in a very sweet way. And I had recently had a good male friend say, oh, well, you know, your reputation is you're the kingmaker. And that really pissed me off. Well, I don't even know what that means. Exactly. Because, yes. Someone who 
uh, is in relationship and builds them up to be like massive. And oh. I, I started getting upset. And then one of my good friends, Deirdre from high school, we were talking and I realized, oh, I can kingmaker myself. So Wait. I found a spa, and like a Mar- Marival here. I made a week for myself and I had a good friend who's calling and calling, please come to New York. Please come be with me. Please. Mm. And I love her. And in the past, I would have left. Mm. In the middle of my experience for Grace, I would have just left. She needs me. That's a bigger than my luxury week, right? And I was so proud of myself. I said, I love you so much. I sent her videos and poems and comedy things. Mm. I checked on her a couple times. I said, I- I'm not leaving my trip. I'm not. I really need this. You know, I'm about to have a wild year, and I really need this. And I checked in on her, and then when I came back to Austin, I checked on her again. And then a couple weeks later, I went and visited her. Nice. And I was really proud. That's a very new grace. That's a very new way of operating. Beautiful. And I, was, I wasn't resentful or unpleasant or all the things that start to creep in in little ways when we really sabotage ourselves and, and move ourselves to the second position, the number two position. As moms do. As moms do, but then, you know, it's funny. We have a, there's a woman here who lives in Austin, New York, um, named Mickey. You know Mickey Agarol? No, not yet. I love her. She is a wild human being. And she wrote this book. And when I, she wrote this book called um, Disrupt Her a couple years ago. And uh, when I read the book, she had this whole chapter that she just had a child. And she was rejecting this idea that a great mother is completely selfless. Mm. and that she wanted her son to see her as also a filled up, happy, excited human being with her own passions. And when I first read it, I thought that was a horrifying thing. And then because it was so horrifying, I thought, oh, I have to lean into that. Mm. I have to really lean into that. And that was such an interesting thing for me to, to, it was the beginning of unpacking that. Oh, right. We're future, we're raising future adults, not giant children. So what would they need to experience? They need to experience a full, happy person. So th- th- that's, a comp- that's where it gets complicated, all these rules and these roles that have all these things attached to them. Yeah, but you, you did a good job of um, looking at what do you want to model yes. for your child because your child's going to copy your behavior yes. in many ways. Well, she did a good job. I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm working on that. You know, I, I mirrored a lot of things for them that are, I don't want them to keep. Interesting. As a you know, 24, 25 year old mom, I like started um, that it's all about the partner. You know, I really over indexed on my partnership because my mom was never married and I didn't see then the epicness I got from her. I only saw the things that she didn't have. So I really wanted to make a marriage work. I thought that that would make me not her, it would make me successful in ways I felt like I wasn't successful. And um, it really smalled the shit out of me. Not because they did anything wrong. It's just that that, I hadn't practiced grace enough. I hadn't been in grace enough in my life to know what I was even offering in in the world or in a partnership. And um, in the middle of the pandemic, I played What Sucks About Me with my kids and really, really got to the bottom of a lot of things they they pulled out from me that they don't want to keep going with. And I had to look at that. And, you know, we did that together. What sucks about me? Yes, it, it sounds worse than it is. It's a life coach I used to work with who really, you know, I'm, I, I, I really, um, my style is kind of teenage boy. So like you could dare me and you could goat me. That's not everyone's style, but she was <laughs> such an aggressive, you know, her style is not for everyone, but it really got me. And so this game, what talks about me, everyone, it sets the tone with saying, we know we love each other. You know, I know that we have this relationship, but 
are there things that are hard to deal with? Like, are there things that suck about being in love with me? And huh. because we know we have integrity and we know we care about each other, we don't have to care how that lands, you know? And, and I tell people when you do that, sometimes it's helpful to hold hands, mm. to have the eyes, talking sticks, whatever, you know your people. But it's important. I think that we are a business, right? We are human as a business. We need an advisory team. We need, we need to have a new deal memo with ourselves and others every year. We need just like a business. So if we've been friends for eight years and it's starting to feel a little crunchy, well, then we need to talk about that. Well, what's working in our relationship? What do we want to bring into 2023 as good friends, as lovers, as, as parents, as kids? So we played that when we knew we were about to separate ways after a few months upstate. Um, it was hard, but it was great. And I could see that as much as we want to believe our kids do as we say, they really do as we do. Mm. And I do a lot of things that were, you know, self, selfless, which to me is really selfish to myself and not, as Ayanna Van Zandt says, self-full. Interesting. Wow. Powerful. I love this concept of treating yourself like a business. But that we have relationships too. The us place that needs a board, it needs a mission. You know, we have friends, but you, everyone needs a starting five, right? Mm. Like if you're playing basketball, you're not, LeBron's not like, Nikki's fun. Is she a good forward? Like, yeah. can she, like, you know what I'm saying? My friends hate when I do sports analogies because I know so little, but it just resonates with me. Yeah. That concept that we need, we need a board. You need a little advisory board. People that, you know, you, you can not have to, oh, is it okay if I ask you? But who really is going to be for the business of Nikki, they know that they're going to get a phone call. They're excited to support you as you support them. You're matchers. You're not takers or givers. You're matchers. Beautiful. Oh, love that. I love what you're saying about starting five. And I've had a few friends recently reach out that um, they felt like the energy may be off a little bit between us. And one was like, I we had an event together and she cut me off mid-event because she was really focused on uh, delivering the message and sticking to the timing. And I was going off a little bit on a tangent maybe or in her mind. And she acknowledged months later Beautiful. That it actually created a separation between us. Yeah. That she was so, her priority was this time thing mm. and not honoring where I was being called to go. That's right. Even though it was months later, it, she she owned up to it and it was beautiful instantly. Like she's back in my world. Well, maybe it felt like, oh, she actually is someone of integrity. And yeah, yeah. it takes people a long time. I'm not a, a fast processor. You know, some people are fast processors. It takes me a bit sometimes. Oh, oh, okay. And I have been that friend who's called back and said, you know, I'm sorry. Or yeah. I didn't see it this way or whatever. Yeah. We all have our own perspective. And uh, it's really beautiful when you can just allow someone to share theirs because it widens yours. Absolutely. And just like art, life is subjective. And no matter what, what, even both of us looking at this one pillow here, we're seeing it differently. <laughs> I don't know your relationship with that particular animal, you know, what you saw when you were a kid. And sometimes we don't even know. I'm triggered every time I see a blue shirt. I don't know that I once had an accident and the person was wearing a blue shirt. Now forever I'm triggered. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it's hard to always line up our experiences. So I think it's such a gift when you have people who can come back and say, let's reline up. Yeah. I'm realizing we're offline. Yeah. And how do we sync up again? And that doesn't always work, but it's still a gift when it comes comes in as conversation. For some reason, I'm hearing forgiveness. Have you learned something about forgiveness? 
Yes, that's really been my big, yeah, that's, I love how intuitive you are. Um, yes. So a big part of that is me not forgiving myself. Ooh. You know, I got to the point where I'd seen all these things, I'd made these changes, I wrote this book, and still inside I was brutal to myself. Like literally like flogging myself 24 hours a day, you know, the language I had around myself, the way wow, I... Why? They, uh, because ultimately, little Grace, who was born into a very weird, complicated situation in many ways, you know, I, I identify myself still as that the little kid who was in foster care, or the kid who was homeless for times or moved and went to a different school every year, you know? So there was so much insecurity and fear around that person. I had to make new friends every time. I didn't ever often have the things that looked desirable to be the friend in third grade or, you know, I was, I was two different races before that was trendy. Um, you know, I came from teenagers <laughs> before that was trendy. I moved all the time before that was nomadic, you know, so I'm very in fashion now, but in the seventies and eighties in New York city, mm. not so much. So I created a concept about, based on how people saw me, which was always less than. You know, I never had the house things, the accoutrements. The, I went to summer camp, I remember the first year, my mother found um, a sliding scale camp. It was a Jewish Federation camp. Mm. I show up the first day, everything I have is from Goodwill. Everybody had these, you know, I don't know if you remember the 80s, but like those running shorts with matching shirts and the flipped hair and the eyeliner and Nike sneakers. I didn't have any of that. <laughs> And so I just built the reality inside myself that I was wrong. Mm. And so I worked really hard to not be wrong by being the most beguiling and alluring and helpful. And you didn't want me to never be around. But none of those things are about how I actually felt. So that life is hard. You know, as again, I said in, in the 12-step program, that line, your old life doesn't want to go into memory. So to keep me safe, my brain with my ego fueling it up is saying, you know, Let's build this world for her with like, you know, in your bowl, it has those, those things. If you're a kid that yeah. comes up to keep you in the lane. Yeah. So I built those and it was very hard for me to see that I built that. You know, I felt like I was killing it in the world. And from the outside, I looked super successful. I was a senior executive at a, a record company. I ran creative, all of creative. I ran marketing. I ran digital. I had a huge team. I started a production company. I've been married three times. My last husband's an international superstar. I looked like my life was incredible and I felt like shit inside. Wow. Had nothing to do with any of those things. It never does. You know, and that's why I've, I've lost, sadly, a few friends in my life to suicide. Mm. And they're always the ones who are the most surprising, the most fun, the most exciting, the most... Because often, you know, we see that in the community, uh, the comedy community now. That is a front for something. So my over-helpful, over-giving was really a, just a sad, scared little Gracie. And so... That forgiveness of, it's not your fault you had that experience. You called in the lessons you had to learn. Even, I'm a 10th grade high school dropout. I had a GED. I was pregnant with my, my son at 27 when I got my GED. And I just always felt so embarrassed of myself. I was a failure. You know, I didn't go to college. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And uh, it took me a long time. And my, one of my great loves, Martha, said to me, that was your education relationships and love and intimacy and, and feeling and people, that is your education. And so when I leaned into that, that's when I realized, oh yeah, I'm going to play with people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn them on so they can see that in themselves. And that has become a gift, but it didn't used to feel that way. Wow. So that, that's really been, and, and my friend and Dave dying, even though for the last many years, I really haven't spent as much time with him, but 
one of my best, best, best friends in the group is his co-MC. So I've, I've spent a lot of time in that concept of who they were. And they were some of the most creative people. And they changed music. They changed music forever. So I started to lean into that. You know, like the things that I have done that are beautiful, the things that I really enjoy about myself. And just started forgiving myself for the ways I treated myself poorly before. Not the things that I lived through. Not the things that happened to me. Those are gifts. But I'm, I, I'm forgiving myself for... You know, I've lived through a lot of stuff. Broke my own neck. Years of being bu- years of being bulimic. I like I did all the classic things of how you can self hate. I like self hate poster child secretly for years. So now that's why you know this house. This is the first place I've lived without a partner or a child in my adult life. Wow. And so I decorated it like an adult playhouse. Everything in here makes me happy, brings me joy. People laugh. I have very little silverware and stuff because only the ones that are most beautiful to me. I don't want anything around me that doesn't give me the opportunity to lean into my own pleasure and my own joy. Beautiful. Because that was the most scary shit to me in the past. So now I have to like, oh, okay, you know. Mm. And be part of being a good mom was having stuff that I never wanted them to live in a house where they couldn't sit on things and touch things and feel comfortable. Right. So, yeah. Really beautiful. Forgiving myself big is my big medicine for the last couple of years. And I don't think I really arrived in it until I got to Austin, frankly. Yeah, a lot has shifted for me here, too. It's so wild. Yeah. I, I Last year, I, I signed up for some hard experiences. I, challenging. I challenged myself. And this year just feels like I've everything I've endured, quote unquote, <laughs> right? And my life has been fantastic. But like all the journey, it all made sense all of a sudden yes. to where I feel just my most connected, peaceful, happy with myself yes. and who I am and like just showing up in love for myself and everyone else and everything that happens all day. This is the first time in my life that I feel this at peace. Mm. And I also believe that it's because Austin presents this community of support and love that it's like you're in this little cushion of comfort and you can you can be authentic here you can be yourself and it's celebrated your differences are celebrated here yeah i love that yeah. my this reason is totally different i don't feel yeah. like i have a community here really i have a couple friends that i really love but i mostly am just in here what i love about it this is the first place where i don't know anybody ha. it's totally anonymous right behind that house there is the water i have a canoe i mostly am out in the canoe I'm doing tons of art and creating, wow. but I, that's what it really has been, is a permission to not have to socialize, a permission to not have to go anywhere, a permission to just do what I feel like, you know, and I, I grew up in New York, so I have so many friends there, and I have friends in LA, and I have friends in Miami, and I feel a little bit of a pressure to get in flow with things, mm. where I don't feel that here. Nice. I don't feel like I need to go outside at all if I don't want to, and, love or I don't ever have to get, oh, I also love, this is the first city I've ever lived in. Well, there really is no male gaze. What does that mean? Well, I find that the females here, they don't lean into the way they dress or move or entertain themselves in the male gaze. So they're not doing it for males. Uh. It's a very different experience. I've never lived in a city like that before. Hmm. That's really nice. I feel like I'm a word show made up right now for your podcast. Normally, I just walk around, you know, 
I'm calling bullshit on this one because every time I've seen you, you look fantastic. You just need to put on one of your glasses that are always wildly creative. You have this innate creativity about you. Thank you. You don't need much and you look like a colorful painting. Thank you. <laughs> but that, I, but that's, again, I think that's a, a mentality here. You know, when I have no makeup and just my glasses on in other cities, I'm, I, didn't, I went outside not ready. Huh. And I worked in the music industry where it's, you, you get dressed, mm. you do your face. What did you learn about humanity? People are in so much pain mm. and so afraid and have so little access to tools or the awareness that you can reach into tools or reach into your own pleasure to change your state. And that's the thing that made me write my book. You know, I, I did a bunch of workshops with Tony Robbins. I, I followed him around like the Grateful Dead for three workshops and him and his wife, Sage, who I love. And I went to uh, two UPWs, Unleash the Power Within, nice. and one Date with Destiny. And what struck me the most was I learned so many amazing things, but he talks a lot about you can't do anything in life if you don't change your state. Yeah. But that's really the most, I mean, that... Uh, yeah, and people still don't get that. Yeah, you know, if you, if you want to manifest, as everyone now knows, but you're really inside, not deserving, you're manifucking yourself. <laughs> that I can't take credit. That's a Lawrence. That's a that's a Handel method word, Lawrence Zander. But um, but that's the truth. It's like I want to be this. I want to have all these things. I want to be a billionaire. Why aren't you? Mm. Well, because there's a landmine inside of the don't of the not deserving. And when you find and trip those wires then you can do them. So, so getting yourself into an actual state is really what's connecting to source. It's connecting to your higher and it's hearing the true message of your heart. I believe that joy is the communication of your heart. You can't access that joy until you really get to the bottom of what are the things that you believe bring you joy and what are the things inside you are your barriers to joy. So it's getting into a state and, and that's what I realized. People don't have the, the realization, the access or the tools to actually get into the state they need to have the life they want to have, to live in the dream. Speak to someone who doesn't feel worthy. How do they get into the state of feeling worthy? Well, it literally starts with, A, knowing that you can access that. That, that permission is really where I like to start because we don't even realize how much we don't have permission based on how we were raised. You know, you can sit and think to you, I can move to Austin. I'm going to every day jump into Zilker Springs naked and I'm going to cleanse my body. But if every time you'd walk to the water, you, there's a voice that says, you know, you're a whore. Wow. I'm just, I mean, this is yeah. really what goes on. Or, um, you know, what does this mean about you? You'll never have a partner if you're becoming this person. Um, what will people think about you? They'll know the truth of who you are inside that you're hiding. All these things are the internal monologue, monologues we walk around with that prevent us from being inside our joy. And that's what I learned most about humanity and why I really go to that tickle and play and pleasure because that, to me, tells me so much more about what people need to open up than the things that make them fearful. That's way more comfortable. The devil you know. We, we mm -hmm. all live in that perspective and we know how to manage that fear. But we don't know how to literally believe that we deserve pleasure. Most of us are not taught that Filling your own self up is your job. Yeah. Uh, my friends, um, Ashley and Annie, they have a podcast called The Miracle Is You. Mm. They're epic. And um, The Miracle Is You sounds fabulous. Oh, no, you have to meet. These women are, I mean, obsessed. And uh, I did their podcast a couple years ago, and I was talking about this state thing, and Annie said, right, everyone has to be, for the business of them, their chief energy officer. And when I thought about that, right, 
So if you're going on a six-hour trip somewhere and you know there's no food, you're going to pack a bag of sandwiches or whatever. Right. But if we're going to go someplace where we know that it's more complicated, we're in, we're in the world, we're, we're in the world, we're humaning in there, and we know that not every human comes with the same energy we do, are, do you have joy snacks? Hmm. Have you brought with you the things that keep you in that state? Can you go inside and experience of people who are in deep pain, but have all your arsenal of tools that not only will inspire you to, to look in their eyes with juicy joy, but also remind them of their own joy snacks they need to figure out and harvest and cultivate for themselves and put in some pocket? So I, I think that's what I really learned about humanity is how sad it is that we don't know how to even get there. We don't even know how to get there. Or we don't even believe we should. Or that we deserve it. Well, that's the big should even comes before deserving. I hate that word should, but that's the first one. Like we live in shoulds. Yeah. You should talk to your neighbor. You should go to that thing. I don't want to, but I should show up at that place. I should, I can't, don't, I won't. But we don't often live in yes. <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, let's see. I'm on the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Following your joy, it's such a simple concept and it leads you to your purpose. It leads you to the life that you actually want to create. That's right. Live. That's like, right. Joy sorting even I find is better because people that? even have a hard time finding joy. It seems so ethereal and complicated the way self-love does. But if you're sorting all day for joy, so if you wake up and you say, I want today to feel great, but then immediately you're, oh, I overslept, you're a loser, I didn't exercise. Let's see. Let me sort. Let me change this. Okay. Oh, this feeling, this makes me feel joyful. Okay. Actually, let me look at this for a minute. This, this is joy. Like you start sorting around. Okay. What can I quickly pull in that's joy? And you, oh, oh, when I when I call Nikki, I feel joyful. Okay. I'm going to not call Kevin first. I'm going to call Nikki first because that's going to bring, so it's sorting every day, all day to find it in small places. I carry little bubbles around. I'm going to get everyone to come over and they're going to write something beautiful on here before I leave. And I'm going to stick it in my fridge. Whatever it is you need. I found this little eyeball putting flowers. (laughs) I need to change them. You know, it's like, you know, coloring. I have this little coloring book. Figuring out how to have things all over. If you understand, because if you're a diabetic and you know you're going to go in the world, you have to have something to help you count your sugars and, and you need to have snacks in case you go into places and you're feeling low. But we're not taught that with joy. We're not taught that with pleasure. You know, oh, I, I know that I'm married. I hear this all the time. And I just haven't felt sexy with my, my partner. And I know we need to have sex because it's good for our relationship. Okay, this is where most people are. What's funny about that is you see how they've made something that they used to love a problematic or, or a to-do or a should. So it, it's always, oh, I know I have to do that. And people think they have to get sexy. I always say, oh, it means you don't feel sexy inside yourself. Mm. So now the work is maybe you need a nighttime bath. Do you wear the other candles? Do you touch yourself? You know, ritualize these things. Slow them down. That's part of a joy practice. Mm-hmm. We, th- we started to make joy just like everything else. We check it off a list. But living in that sensual way with yourself, understanding that that's the state you have to be in. It's mm-hmm. not like I have to have sex with my partner. It's that, oh, what can we do? What can we do and change to bring some more juiciness in here? Mm-hmm. What can I do to bring some more inside my own heart? And living in that state. Yeah. Yeah, cultivating it. It's, cultivating it, yeah. Secondly. Mm-hmm. We don't even have that word. Hourly, you know, minutely. We don't, mm-hmm. by the minute. But secondly, mm-hmm. how long is a second? If you ever shoot anything, you know there's 34 frames, you know, so there's a lot of time. 
you're yeah. feeling like you're not great in that second, that's your job. Change your state. Really beautiful. Oh, Grace, thank you so much. You're welcome. This is fun. Oh, my goodness. I feel like there's like hours more of juicy stuff I could get out of you. <laughs> we could do this again. Yeah, I would love that. Yes, please. Um, what is your book called and when will it be out? It's called The Joy Strategist, Low Peaks and High Valleys. Because uh, I think that's really life, low peaks and high valleys. The Joy Strategist, is it out yet? It comes out October 10th. Oh. But I'd love you to read it. I'd send you the manuscript if you want to yeah, read it now. It'd be course. my joy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll come back on and we'll discuss that book. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. What a blessing. Thank you for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. love, I love your creativity. I love how you express yourself. You come off really authentic and you and just bold and brave. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I can only imagine your children are magnificent human beings. They're epic. I, I joke they're all my life coaches now. <laughs> when I need anything, I just reach out to one of them. That's fabulous. I love it. Thank yeah. you. Lucky Thank kids. you. Yes. Lucky me. Mm. Oh, you guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. <laughs>